Hey, welcome to the B Team Podcast. I am Justin, and with me today is Brent. Hi. And Brendan. Hello. And today we're going to do another uh, topical podcast. I guess this would go with our behind the panel series that started with Josh and uh, Milos and Brendan when they talk about comic stuff. Um, today we're going to be discussing our top five um, favorite comic duos. Creating creative duos. Creative duos. Um, so as in right writer, yep. artist. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if. All right. So was, I didn't realize it was the creators of them. I thought it was just writers and artists. Yeah. So, like, well, yeah. No, that's like, what we mean. You know, like the, the create. It's the creative team, not the comic book duo. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, I thought like, it's not. Was... It's not Batman and Robin. It's like Finger yeah. and Kane, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. Bob, Bob Kane, and and you know Bill Finger are not on my list. Well, mine either. I was just using them as an example. <laughs> I mean, Finger deserves to be there, but Kane, who oh, he's done some sketchy fucking shit. Yeah, yeah you mean yeah. like steal all of Batman from Finger? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't steal Batman. He just stole everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, also, <laughs> he came he up with the name. Him. Okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. When you come up with the name, that means you came up with the character, right? You know, Finger just did, you know, everything else. It's it's okay. <laughs> so I mean, Man, who really created. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And that that uh that that brings me to that documentary though and man, we, maybe we should pod that one time. That whole Ooh. story everything like yes. that. But, that was a great yeah, documentary. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Bill and me, is that what it was called? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really great. I think it was called Billy Got Fingered. <laughs> <laughs> that he did. Anyway, um, so today we're going to do that. And um, so if you want, we can just jump right into our list. Um, well, Brendan, do you want to start? Oh. Yes, but before, I'd, I'd be curious. I'm, okay. you know, we all made our list. We don't know each other's picks. What did yep. you guys look for in like your picks? For me... It was a combo of things. One, obviously, they have to have a, a decent catalog. You know, I'm not gonna put a pair on if you know they only made one comic together and it just happened to be, you know, a masterpiece. You know, you've gotta have some catalog yeah. for me to go through. Mm-hmm. Obviously, quality. And overall, for me, it was just like how much I enjoy their work together. Yeah, that that was my two big ones was longevity and yeah. quality of work, like entertainment value. Yeah, because I mean, there are some where, you know, they only work together once and, you know, that one time they produced a masterpiece, but that's mm-hmm. obviously not enough. Well, that's, that's yeah. I've got one of my honorable mentions is exactly that. And that's why mm-hmm. it's an honorable mention because I feel like I really need to like, I really like this book, but there was only like two fucking arcs for it. So, yeah. I, yeah, uh, I can I kind of went into that too. I, um, I think I don't know. Maybe one, one of my picks may not fit the longevity so much, but what they did in their time together um, is pretty, pretty notable. And uh, are some of my favorite comics, or some of the things I like to go back and read. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I kind of wanted to add them in there just because, you know, I do love their work, and so. So that that pair may not fit the longevity part, but yeah, pretty much I, I I didn't put anybody in there that only did like one book together 
or um, uh, or like did like one story together or something like that. So. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So, uh, uh, Brendan, uh, yes. Actually, uh, do do any of you guys? Uh, I know Brent has a, a honorable mention. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um. Yes, but right. I'll say them later since I'm pretty sure some of them you guys will have on your list. All right, Brent. Did you want to mention any of the honorable mentions before we get into the thing? Uh. Well. Yeah. I'll go. So Jeff Johns' fucking original JSA run. Okay. I don't know who the artist was because it jumped back and forth, and that's why I don't have it on the actual list. But that, gotcha. yeah, great comic, and the longevity was there. It's just the artists kept jumping, so it's it's hard to actually put that as a duo, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Understandable. Um. So, am I going first? You said for. Yep. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. I thought I my thought Brent was gonna have a fifth pick <laughs> is. Of my top five, the only one that's currently still working together, uh, one of the other picks could potentially work together again, but the this is the only one where they are like, they literally just put out a comic this week. Plan to read it soon. Um, that is Mr. Ed Brubaker and Sean mm -hmm. Phillips. Um, Ed Brubaker, I have in my top five favorite comic writers ever. Sean Phillips, I would say, is probably top ten either top 15 or just inside top 10 favorite artists ever. Um, out of all my picks, I would say they have the best batting average in that everything not, they've never done anything bad, but mm -hmm. literally everything is minimum good. Um, these guys have never not made a hit for me. Criminal is one of my favorite comics ever. Um, and then all their image series, The Fade Out, Incognito, The Reckless Books, uh, Pulp, uh, Fatal, uh, Scene of the Crime, Batman. Um, what else have they done? Oh, they uh, worked on a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. He, Phillips did some of Captain America, but that was mostly Steve Epstein. I believe he did a few issues of Daredevil. Yeah, uh, I think Gotham I think he Central. was. I think he was more of a oh. fill-in writer for the Cap run when yeah. that happened. But it was his his issues were good. Yeah, I believe when it comes to crime comics, they are the greatest duo ever, and it's really not even close. Um, <clears throat> and it's one of those where Brubaker's noir writing complements Phillips's. He's a guy who he'll use a lot of negative space, you know. Yeah. Let he'll he'll mostly fill the page with black and let you know the white kind of form the rest of it. He likes to do that a lot, and it just perfectly complements what Brubaker's going for. And I'm assuming they're both in their 40s, maybe early 50s. I really think by the time they call it a day, assuming they keep going, you know, they seem to be good friends who enjoy working together. I really think they could retire as like my favorite duo of all time. I don't know if you guys have read any of their stuff, but yeah, that's my number five. Yeah, I've, uh, I've read uh, some of Criminal and some of the Fade Out. Oh, Fade Out's uh, so good. Yeah. Um, I never got too, too much into their stuff. Uh, so they're not really on my list at all, uh, but um, I can tell why they're on, because you're always talking about those guys, you're always talking about those books. Um, so, yeah, so I, I can tell why that was a pick for you, and I can see why. I mean, the art is pretty great on the stuff that I've read, and um, I have enjoyed some of the writing. Um, some of the stories, I guess, maybe it's just because it's not my cup of tea when I, you know, read a comic, you know, like, you know. 
some of the you know like the fade out is uh is like a crime noir which it is yeah i like that but when it's, yeah yeah but i like it when it's like batman related or something you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like i don't understand i don't really need it yeah like if that was a movie show i would probably love it you know? yeah but when it comes to like comics it's not necessarily what i go for for comics you know what I mean? understandable um and I mean, Brubaker, he doesn't do superhero comics anymore. Man, when he did, he was so good at it. Oh, like yeah. His, the, his uh, Captain America is just Soldier. iconic. Yeah, because he wrote the Winter Soldier. Uh, he did the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that was really good. Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah. Well, that was, was, that was such a good run that they almost lifted it whole cloth for the movies. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, does, almost... he does have a cameo in the movie. Yes, he does. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and he has, I, and I know he has a mention in the credits too, because yeah. unlike DC, they acknowledge their creators over there at the MCU. So yeah, well, he didn't get paid <laughs> anything, but yeah. I was just gonna say that they acknowledge oh. them, they just don't pay him fuck off. Yeah, 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 they don't. Yeah, they don't pay him, but you know, yeah, they don't. They don't pay people, and you know, you acknowledge them in the comics either. So it's like you know, yeah, that's just a comic thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is my number five. Okay. All right. Uh, Brent, you want to go? I've got uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Two guys that work together on a lot of Batman stuff, and I yep. don't really like either one of them doing anything else. But together, okay. they just they click. Okay, that, that, okay, we had a discussion beforehand, and... Uh, that was the one I was not expecting to be on either one of your lists. All right. So, I, I had them as an honorable mention. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I I didn't really rank my list. Uh, I forgot to. But uh, if I was going to rank my list, they would definitely be higher than five. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Between The Long Halloween and um, Haunted Night and then... Mm-hmm. Um, you know the uh, uh, Hulk Gray, which all the color honestly, Marvel books. Yeah, all the color Marvel books, but Hulk Gray is like one of my favorites. And then Spider Man Blue. Yes. I mean, Spider Man Blue may be, maybe I don't, I don't, I haven't ranked my Spider Man stories, but that is definitely in the top three. If it's not my favorite, it's in the top three. It's got. I, I love, I love Spider Man Blue. It's so great. Even even Cap White, which. It, it's not great. It's you know, but I do like reading that. But occasionally. they had they had an idea, and they worked well enough together yeah. between the story and the art to tell that idea. Which, yeah, yes. like I said, I mean, individually, not huge fans of either one. But when you put them together, usually I'm entertained by what they put it, what they put out. So yeah, um, another one of their works I would yeah. shout out is uh, Superman for All Seasons. I don't know if I've mm. ever read that. I feel like yeah, they're oh, very, good. Yep, yep, they're yep, very yep. good at getting at like the core of a character and like what people like about them. With like them, they, it's it's very much a less is more style. Yes, absolutely. Like, like, like the, they just um they do their homework and they get you know this is why people like this character. This is why this character works. And like Tim Sale is a weird artist because like he uses a lot of harsh lines, like say a Mike Mignola, yeah. but like. He's not a technical artist. Like a lot of his faces are fucking garbage. Um, he yeah, doesn't super do stylized. He doesn't do a big splash page like a John Byrne does. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like he's yep. he, he doesn't have anything that really makes him stand out. But the simplicity of what he does actually works for the stories that 
Loeb tells. So it's mm-hmm. I, I just they just make a really good pair, and that's why they they earn my at least my number five spot. Yeah. Also, also R.I.P. to uh, Tim Sale. He uh, mm. passed away. Um, I believe it was earlier this year. He passed away, or yeah. maybe it was later last year. Yeah, it was um, this year. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a heart attack um, that he died of. Um, but yeah, I I just love I love his art. I I you know Jeff Robe does uh, Jeff Loeb does great with the stories. You know, the, I mean, I think you guys know the Long Halloween. Is my oh, yeah. favorite Batman story. That's um, an iconic one. Yeah, and but, um, but I again, just love like, how much But again, like you look at the fucking like faces in the art for those books, it's, yeah. it's garbage. Like <laughs> I can draw better yeah. faces than that, but it works yeah, for the, the style that he's telling, right? Like, yeah, and the and the closest he ever got to a splash page is probably one of my favorite. Um, scenes from the Long Halloween, which is when um, it's uh, when Batman and Catwoman are like on like the rooftop, um, and and like they're facing each other. And I think it's been used for like a lot of like uh, um, I think it's been used in a lot of Ocean like stuff. pictures or whatever. Yeah, but um, you know when they when they're together and they're just kind of looking at each other or whatever, it's that's like a really great moment at the end of it. You know, after uh, I think Batman was just chasing Catwoman, and then it's like right at the very end, and they're having like this like emotional conversation about you know their relationship and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I just I just love that team together. And um, after I looked at my list, they probably would have only been like number three or four. So I mean, I guess it wasn't going to be too high on my list, but um, just because of. I would probably knock him down just because of uh, Cap White and maybe maybe Daredevil Yellow. I mean, I like Daredevil Yellow, but I would I would definitely say that's a solid third in yeah. uh, in in that in that color series. For, for me, the thing I mean, the the knock I have against them is uh, just compared to the other picks I have, just not as much work. There's not as much. To catalog yeah. with them, uh, yeah, and that, and that's, and that's, and that's who I, and that's what I was thinking of with longevity because, I mean, it's been mostly, you know, the what two or three Batman books and then the the color series. I mean, I think that's pretty much all they've really done together. It's so, it's a res- it's a respectable library, but yeah. it's not like yeah. forty years yeah, worth of work. Yeah. No, 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 and but that's why I said notable. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, that's some of. That's some of the best stuff for those characters, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think I think that's what gets a pass on the uh, longevity. Um, yeah. So with my number five, um, I'll go with. Uh, wow, this is it's a tough list list to order, but I just kind of gave away where Jeff and and uh, Tim are. But um, I'll go I, with. Uh, you could have said punt. <laughs> I could have, yeah, but the uh, problem is, is that I didn't think of ahead. Of, I forgot that you guys wanted to list them in order. I just made a list of five, so um, I'll probably go in this. I don't know if this is gonna be like super low for you guys, but I'll go with uh, Marvin George. Okay, that uh, one's Marvin, higher on my list. They're yeah, a little Marvin, higher on mine, but yeah. And George Perez, you know. So if you want, we can punt it until it's uh, higher on your guys's list. Okay, yes, that's fine. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I'd li- I'd like to hold that one because they're they're fairly high on mine. Yes, I've okay. Yeah. 
they are also freely right. online. Uh, All right, so, so back... Brendan, you want to go with number four? Okay. Yes, number four. I feel like I'm assuming I'm also the only one who has these guys. Jeff Johns and drumroll, Ivan Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff yeah, Johns, I, I definitely him. wanted him to be in the top five because he has had some great collaborations, and it was mm-hmm. really choosing two. Initially, you know, the three other names I considered Mike McCone, but it was a I eliminated him because not enough outside of Teen Titans they did together, which even though, yes, one of my favorite comics ever. Phil okay. Jimenez is kind oh. of the same as McCone. Yep. Just not enough done together. But you know, I, I still maintain their pairing on Infinite Crisis is my favorite uh event comic ever. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Van Skyver, um well, one, I just think Ivan Rice is a better artist than him. And actually, when you compare the two, Ivan Rice did, like, objectively speaking, more work on Green Lantern with mm-hmm. Jeff Johns. Yeah. And look, with Ivan Rice, he is definitely in my top 10 favorite comic artists ever. He is basically, for me, Neil Adams, but just a regen, like the, the modern day Neil Adams. I mean, his work is basically, if you combine like 80% Neil Adams, 20% Alan Davis. He is one of the few guys, you know, Jeff Johns, you know, he likes his superhero comics big. And I mean, Ivan Rice's work on Blackest Night, the double page spreads he was doing yeah. are just fucking incredible. Yeah, there's um, a, there's so much in those um, pages that yeah. you, you can look at them for years. He, and yeah, still he's, he's one of the best double page guys I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. Him and Jeff Johns, you know, for a lot, obviously guys like us knew Aquaman wasn't a joke, but for a lot of people. They put Aquaman on the map. Um, his art in that is just incredible. He draws one of the best Maras and Arthurs I've ever seen. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jeff Johns' uh, Justice League run, but Rice, he knocks it out of the park on that. And yeah, he's just, he's one of the few guys who can match the big ambitions of Jeff Johns. And he's also a very fast artist. I don't know if you guys have ever, like, like he is a guy who will, you know, unlike, he, say, like a Jim Lee, not miss a deadline. Yeah, he can do 60 pages in a week, and, like, yeah. that's actually pretty incredible for an artist in today's age. Yeah, um, I would love, it looks like Jeff Johns has mostly moved on from DC, and, you know, Rice is just kind of bouncing around these days to different titles, but, oh, I would love to see them work again. Um, two of the best to have ever done it, for me. Yeah, I mean, I, um... I'm I'm kind of hit and miss on Jeff Johns. Like I like um, some of his stories, not like every story. You know what I mean. So I mean I and um, I was I never really read their Aquaman run, but I've heard good things about it. Um, and then like his run on Justice League, I liked it for a while. Um, you know, but that kind of soured on me too. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what else I even did. Um, besides the stuff that you just mentioned. Um, so, yeah, so I I don't know. He's, he's never really been on my radar, but um, it, it, in terms of Jeff Johns, uh, you know, obviously he's he's done great work and he's done not so great work. We, well, anything that Jeff Johns had more than like a three-month run on, usually Ivan's had at least an issue or two where he did the bulk of the work. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. There's, there's not too many projects that john's worked on that he didn't at least bring him in for an issue here and there like which yeah yeah and like i said like obviously neil Adams is one of my favorites and i just see it ivan rice is just the basically the modern day version of him i mean his style is clearly so reminiscent of his yeah. um 
and yeah, I just and he draws the best Hal Jordan ever. He, yeah, his like, his Hal's pretty draw, good. His work on the Lantern stuff is just un, unmatched, in my opinion. Yeah, he even made some fucking weird looking characters look pretty good. Like yeah, like all of his designs when like you know, especially during Blackest Night when you know mm-hmm. he was introducing the other color cores and stuff, and you got to see like you know, like, I think it was like Wonder Woman becomes like an Indigo Lantern, Flash mm-hmm. a Blue Lantern. All his designs are so sick. Uh yeah, Wonder Woman was Violet. Violet, yes. Yeah, it was the Adam that was the Indigo. Did he um? Anyway. Did he do? Did he do any work on that um? Justice League uh. Star Trek crossover? I don't, I don't so. know for sure. It's not impossible. Think, it does. I it does look. I mean, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Is yeah. Star Trek crossover. He he might have. It's, like it's it does. Yeah. It is that that clean, crisp lines that he's used like that he does. So yeah. it wouldn't if it's not him. It's someone that was trying to do his style. Yeah, because I because I I liked I liked all of that too. Like when um. You know, with the league and stuff like I mean not the league. I keep saying the Justice League. Uh the Lantern, the Lantern and stuff like that. Yeah. I could have uh, I could have sworn maybe he was on that one, but maybe not. Maybe I'm it's possible. It I just I can't remember who did yeah. that. That was a great book. Uh, but yeah, that's my number four. All right. All right. Uh, uh Brent. All right, this one might end up punted, but I've got O'Neill and Adams at four. Anybody want to hold that over? Or? Uh, they actually yeah, were, were mentioned for me. <laughs> so, okay. What? I know. Uh, I yeah, know. we're. Yeah, we uh, we can punt them. Okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, well, we'll hold I them. have them. I have them a bit. I have a, I have them a bit higher. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We'll just hold it. That's not an issue. So <laughs> right, okay, so, Justin, uh, you're you're number four. All right. So my number four, I've decided that. Um, I've decided that uh, Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb are going to be my number three. Um, so mm-hmm. my number four is going to be, and this one may be a punt. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys don't have this particular team, but it's going to be Stan Lee mm-hmm. and John Romita. Oh, Romita. Really? Good Interesting. I do not have that yeah. on mine. Yeah. But... No? All right. I All right. I, I wasn't sure if you guys... We're gonna have that Spidey team. I wasn't sure, um, cause they're not. I don't know if they're not like the most like. <clears throat> I mean, they're, they're they're beloved. I guess. I guess people like those issues, but in terms of teams, oh, yeah. you usually hear like you know the other ones, and it's like, you know, I I just love their run together, like um, cause they did uh, they did some uh, iconic stories. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and fairness where it's due. Like Kirby helped create a lot of the Spider-Man like villain characters, but it was really mm-hmm. Ramita's art that solidified their look for years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he, because they were working together what through most of the seventies, right? Oh, through I mean, a lot of it, yeah. I mean, like he yeah. had to follow up, you know, one of the greatest ever, and Steve Ditko and managed Ditko, to, yes. in yep. many people's eyes, do better work. You know, a lot of people see him yeah. as like the defining guy. Well, that's just it. Like, there's a when Spider-Man comics, especially, you get to see the evolution of the art from the original into Ditko, into fucking Ramita, into you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and like you can really see characters like 
Doc Ock or the Lizard like go from the base idea to the what the classic version is now, like yeah. what everyone thinks of when they what the the key traits that most people associate with. Yeah, like the Lizard originally had that short snout and he, he didn't look right, if that makes sense. But then once fucking like Ditko and Ramita both got like a step. Okay, yeah. Like, it started with Kirby, then it went to fucking Ditko, then it went to Ramit, and, like, you can actually mm -hmm. see the progression to, like, what, like, most of the Spider-Man 90s cartoon looks were, were Ramitas, like. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they... So... No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I mean, their work on just that, that run is so iconic. Um, mm -hmm. I, guess, I guess it might get overshadowed a little since I mean, Ramita stays on after Lee leaves, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. obviously, he continues to do so many, you know, classic stories like you know, um, with a because he he does a decent amount of Conway's run, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah, he does yeah. like a the at yeah. least two thirds of it, like. Yeah, I mean, but him him and Lee were together for quite, I would say maybe maybe a hundred issues, right? Yeah. Yeah, something oh, yeah, like that. They were together for a while. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So there's the yeah, and then and then I do love I do love a lot of what he does with Conway, um, but I didn't want to go with like a lot. I didn't want to try to go with too much of. I didn't want to go with too much of one character for people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I was already going to have Jeff Loeb and um, Tim Sale on here, and then obviously, as you know now that you know Benny and. Um, um, and uh neil ne are uh are up on my list too and that's mostly because of batman so i didn't want to go too heavy on the batman spider-man stuff but um but yeah i mean you know i would say of of any of the creative teams for spider-man i enjoy um lee and ramita and then um and then obviously i think you guys i think i've mentioned before that um i'm a i'm a fan of uh Str um Shrasinski, yeah, yeah, um, his run on it too, um, but yeah, in terms of teams though, um, I would probably put Stanley and Ramita probably a little bit above the other ones in my opinion, but I mean I know yeah. that's probably that's probably un unpopular, but you know I'm an unpopular guy, so yeah. Uh, no, I mean they, I just. For me, uh, Stanley makes the list, but uh, with someone else, uh, mm -hmm. to be revealed a little of, later. Um, yeah, I kind of figured. I would just have to think of like the other stuff they did together besides Spider-Man, which I'm just probably blanking on right now. But I mean, like, I mean, John Romita seniors. I mean, he's a legend. You know, oh, can't yes. go wrong picking yeah. him. Yeah, which that, I thought it was an odd choice from Karen, but it's a good one. Like, I can't mm -hmm. argue with it in any way. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I I have Lee with a different artist, but yeah, yes. yeah, no, it's I'm not gonna knock anybody for picking Ramita at all. Yeah. Well, see, with with me and Marvel, like I didn't, I've never gone too crazy with Marvel. Um, if I read comics, it was mostly DC. Um, so any of my Marvel stuff, if it's not Spider Man or X Men, it's been stuff that like you guys have recommended or just mm -hmm. things that I picked up here and there, like. I, I read like the new Avengers stuff and then like yeah. I would pick up like certain character stuff out of that. But other than that, like most most of my, my Marvel reading is Spider Man and X Men. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where I go with them. I mean, I'm sure like in terms of teams, like, you know, I'm sure it, I'm assuming it's probably Stanley and Kirby and, or something like that. And they've, and they've probably had great runs on all the other books. It's just that I'm not completely familiar with their runs on the other books. So I didn't want to just go and throw them in there. Well, then, like, it's like me when I'm trying to talk about them, you know what I mean? Because they, because they did a lot of the early stuff, right? Like uh, Hulk and stuff like that. They, like, they basically Hulk together created yeah. 95% of the Marvel universe that sold well yeah. in movies in the last few years. Like yep. they were both creative fucking powerhouses, and when you put them together, it's yeah. We, we'll get to that soon. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Rain on you guys' parade, but yeah, we'll we'll kick that on later. But yeah, anyway, that's gonna be my Spider-Man. Okay. Um, cool, cool. That's gonna be my Spider-Man pick. So, um, all right, Back Brendan, to you want to? Uh, what are we number three? Yes, my number three. Right. My favorite duos. Uh, this is also someone I suspect I'm the only one that has. Garth Ennis and Steve mm. Dillon. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a nice pick. I don't, I don't have them either. Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, man, oh, man. Uh, talk about two guys who were just, it's like they were born to, like, work with each other. I mean, they, they complement each other so well. Uh, the Just the violence of Garth Ennis comics with the style. I would say Gar, uh, Steve Dillon's style of art is ugly, but I do not mean that in, like, a derogatory way. It's like, it grungy. Is, yes. Yeah, if grungy, that makes sense, like... Like if you if you just want like just disgusting like grime you blood see, you everywhere. want the seedy underbelly yes. earth you go for him that's yeah. no question and, and, is, yeah and and it's the way he writes where everything's like a sardonic look at the world it, they definitely are a great pair I, it's great yeah. choice great choice. I mean they wrote I mean does anyone not like you know have them as the definitive Punisher people uh, I feel like it's impossible basically not to. Um, their work on Hellblazer is iconic, and mm. my favorite of theirs, obviously, Preacher, top Preacher's three favorite great. comics ever. Um, and also, like, you know, um, like, yeah, you know, obviously very violent, typically, but they could, like, really nail, like, the emotional moments mm -hmm. of stuff. Like, uh, for example, like, Preacher, like, when you finally find out what happened to Jesse's parents and, like, just the emotion behind, like, the scenes like that. Um, well, that's just it. Like, even their run on Punisher, like, Everybody up to that point, and most of the writers afterwards, Punisher's just a guy with guns. With them, yes. they actually wrote a character. They they basically created the personality that is Punisher that everybody uses. Like, yeah, um, yeah, and I just uh, I love hearing the stories about them. Where uh, I think it was, I believe they're both from they're both from the UK, and it was like they were drinking at a pub one day, <laughs> and Steve Dillon literally forgot a full like penciled issue of preacher there and mm -hmm. he like and alongside ennis's script and they like met up just redid the whole issue and and you know dylan cranked the whole thing out in like three days to get yeah, yeah he pumped it like out the, yeah you know uh i like i'm pretty sure like garth ennis said uh he was like the best man at his wedding they were like good friends and you know sadly steve dylan's no longer with us but yeah mm. they created a catalog that'll stand the test of time yeah, it's ageless. Like it doesn't matter when you read that the the story the the story ideas from Ennis at, matched with that 
like you say, grungy, gritty art style. It just, they click so well. Yeah, like, that's a great choice. Yeah. And that's my number three. Yeah. And my number three, we kind of mentioned a second ago, it's the two most creative guys in comic book history. It's Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. <clears throat> I have them a tiny bit higher, but... You have them? Okay, well, we'll punt them. Okay. So, and my three, was... my third we already talked about because okay. I yes. didn't. Yeah, because I, that's I didn't fine. play the rules correctly. So, that's all right. And, okay, uh, so, so my number two then? Brendan Patil, yeah. My number two is Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Mm. Um, yep, that's yep, mine that, too, actually. Okay. <laughs> Oof. I mean, uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, man. Talk about just like iconic. Um, two creators who are just in like perfect like harmony working together. I mean, New Teen Titans, what can I say that hasn't been said about that series? Um, and they they are pioneers in that they created the comic book event. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the original crisis, you know, people forget like that was a unique thing at the time. Um, and oh, Perez with I mean Perez could just do such good double page spreads. It's um, that's the thing. Merv Wolfman was a fucking class act when it came to writing like multiple character stories in a thirty page comic, and yes. Perez loved to draw everybody all together all at once. So like yes. you couldn't ask for a better pair for um, just scope of what they did together. Yeah, like, and he, especially with Titans, you know. Marvel Wolfman really liked to delve into like not just you know the superhero aspect, but the personal relationship humanity aspect. of it. Yes, and you know Perez gave gave everyone such a distinct look mm-hmm. that you know you could just tell you know oh Starfire she's sad this issue she's happy this issue Donna you know dealing with Terry is whatever emotion etc cetera, etc cetera. and like um, a character whose face is shadowed 95 percent of the time like raven you could tell yeah. how she was going more and more evil through the trigon story just because perez would just the shape of the eyes that yeah. he'd do like, like like perez was able to elevate like the opening <laughs> scene of judas contract where it's mm-hmm. like taking pictures of everyone mm-hmm. you know in another artist's hands you know he probably would have just shown Slade watching them from behind a tree or something. But Perez, like, he just had the imagination and the talent to bring the imagination to life. He, yes, um, he drew very cinematically. Like, instead of, like, being just yes. a, a, a cartoony, comic booky thing, like you say, where he'd be, like, watching them from behind a tree or from a rooftop of binoculars. Like, no, he did the picture thing, and that's, like, a very James Bond cinematic-type layout for that fucking scene, right? Like, yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Karen, you had them as number five. What What's your thoughts on the two? Yeah, sorry, I was talking to my grandpa. Oh, I'm sorry. Hurry up and... That's all right. Um, so uh, no, that was my bad. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, we're talking about George and. Uh... Hello. Come again. I'm we're talking about again. George and uh, Marv, right? Wolfman. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah. And um, hold on, let me take you off of these headphones because these are the ones that make me sound underwater. <laughs> All right. And so, um, yeah, with with this one, um, you just went sub Kariner. What? I said you just went sub Kariner. Right now. 
No, instead of Submariner, you were Subcarrier. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, their run, I mean, obviously, most of my love for these guys come from uh, their run on Titans. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're just a great pairing. I just loved what they did on, on you know, the new Titans. And I mean, that's pretty much where my love for this comes. Uh, I know they've probably done a lot more work together, but um, did they but do yeah. an Avengers run together? Uh, Perez, I mean, did a ton of Avengers. Oh, he I, I worked on Avengers. Was. I think I Wolfman came in for a couple of like the bigger arcs where they like the Corvax saga and shit like that, where like it was literally thirty years of Avengers come together to fight a bad guy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean. They, uh, I got to meet both of them at a couple conventions nice. over the years, and j- just the t- two nicest guys too. Um, yeah, and you could just see, like, you know, even as older guys, they would, you know, just be sitting together, you know, shooting the shit, talking. Um, I think I've posted in the group my favorite sketch I own is. It took me a lot of work to get, but I got Perez to draw basically the whole, most of the Titans cast, and. Nice. Wolfman added the Titans Go dialogue on it, and it's nice. you know, probably my Very favorite nice. comic thing I own. Um, and yeah, just just iconic. Oh yeah, and then um, wow, how could I have forgotten um, Crisis? Um, yes. you know, when they worked on Crisis together, I mean that was fantastic too. You know, I mean, oh that's kind of like you know one that's one that everybody talks about, but I mean it did create pretty much what we see as the DC universe for what like. 25 years or whatever uh, no comic events as what was it like 83 84 right up until i believe okay 85 till 2011 basically yeah like so that, that the, literally the, the, the dc universe was based on what they did in that story for that long so that's that's yeah. pretty good they definitely have the longevity yeah yeah and i'll give yeah, a shout out to did. uh the last thing there i believe this is the last thing they ever did together was a. Uh, when Jeff Johns left Teen Titans mm-hmm. uh, with the 50th issue, it was kind of like a. They basically just made an annual and they had a flashback scene that's done by Wolfman Perez that you mm-hmm. know, flashes back to new Teen Titans time. And it's just so perfect. I believe it is the yep. last thing they ever did together. I think perfect you're right. Perfect send off. Um, and yeah. Yep. No, I'm pretty, pretty sure that is the last thing they did together. And it is. It's just a perfect moment because it. Like, it literally gives you that nostalgic feel when you're looking at the art along with the story that they're telling when they flash back. And it's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that a hundred percent. And I know, I know you and Josh always get, uh, you, uh, Brendan, you and Josh always give me not grief, but I, at least Josh has given me grief in the past for Judas contract being my favorite, uh, Titans. No, he's still uh, somewhere. Being my favorite Titans, uh, book. Or like storyline or whatever, because it's kind of a normie answer. But, um, but I just love what they did with that and yeah. that stroke and stuff like that. And you know, it's it, you know, and then you know that's been that's been uh, turned into. Well, it was it was part of the TV show that was on in uh, the two thousands, and then oh yeah, great. And then they did the uh, then the not so yeah, great movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie was awful. Uh, I hate yeah. the movie. Yeah, and, uh, I, um, I want to give actually one more shout out to one thing they did. You know, my favorite comic event ever, like as a big comic book fan, is Infinite Crisis, obviously. Uh-huh. And you know, sequel to the original Crisis. I, 
I know Jeff Johns consulted with Wolfman on it, and you know the artist for Cry Infinite Crisis was Phil Jimenez, and Phil Jimenez is basically you know George Press two point his his yeah. disciple and everything. And I love how in the final like issue they had a uh, Perez. I believe he was the inker, and he drew a couple pages himself, just so that they like mixed in. And I loved like seeing basically the four of them just work together to on that final issue to end it. Yeah, so I mean that's that's why um, that's why I had put them lower on my list, just because, um, like I said, the only I mean I like Crisis on Infinite Earths, but um, you know knowing how like sprawling it was it's not my favorite from them um really what i like the most from them and i think what they did most together was titans oh, and yeah. um yeah, that's yeah so that that's yeah so i mean that's why they're a little lower just because it was mostly just for that one team that they were together for but yeah what they did on that team though i mean it kind of not only did it revolutionize um like how to go forward with with team stories but it it showed you how to go forward with teen team stories you know what i mean to show to show how it's supposed to be done and, and how it go ahead and unintentionally or not when you look at what they did through like teen titans and especially with fucking crisis they literally used their fucking crazy genius ideas to help other people come up with stories for fucking 30 years like you said like it's there's so much that's called back to stuff that they came up with that like that isn't actually their books that like yeah it's incredible when you actually look at what those two did together like they were <clears throat> they, they again like wolfman just had he knew how to write for 40 characters in one book and have everybody have at least a meaningful moment and again, yep. Perez just loved to draw 30,000 characters. So, like, they worked so well <laughs> together. Like, great duo. Really great duo. Yep. And I, and I loved, I loved his uh, tribute. Um, he, he, I think it was a Facebook post he made. Um, cause he's, uh, Marv Wolfman is big on Facebook. He's always on there commenting on everything. I love to And, um, yeah. And, um, and he, he wrote this like, uh, tribute to perez when he passed away and it was it was fantastic and you could really tell that the friendship is real with them and Definitely. yeah it was just it was just really great to see and stuff like that and you could tell they really enjoyed working together and um i love what dc did for uh perez right before he passed away you know they had that like you know special um I don't want to say it was like a living funeral, but essentially it was. I mean, right. you know, basically they, it was a memorial before he was memorialized. Yes. Yeah. Basically, it was a memorial that he could live through, you know, which I think was a really great thing that they did. And uh, yeah, so that's that's a really great team. And it was a really sad loss for um, for the comics community when, uh, you know, Perez died. And uh, yeah, so great pick. Great pick. And that All brings right. us to Justin's number two. To my number two? What was yeah. your oh your number two was the same? Mine thing? was the exact same as Brandon's. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. So this is this is where mine gets tricky. Um I think at this point you two probably know what my one and two are. 
Um, you know at least what one of them is, which is uh, Neil and Denny. Um, I'm probably going to put Eve. It's tough. It's tough. Um, all right. Number two is going to be Claremont and Brown. They're my number one. So Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll punt them then for now. Uh, Brendan, what's uh, what's your number one? My number one is Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. There it is. There you go. There you go. Um, I knew it. I knew it was coming. I mean, you know, I said at the beginning, it's all about quality and quantity. Uh, they've got the most of both out of all my picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it what a hundred and what two or something issue straight of Fantastic Four uninterrupted? Mm-hmm. Um, like Brent said, they I mean, they co created like so much of the Marvel Universe, literally. At unreal. this point, it's it's something ridiculous like 87% of the Marvel Universe like, comes directly from yeah, those two brains. Like, it was either Stanley and Didco or Stanley and Kirby, you know. Yep, <laughs> I mean, they wrote so many of the characters' first appearances, and most of them hold up pretty well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just the best. Jack Kirby, I believe, is the greatest comic artist of all time, and Stanley. In terms of is he a good writer, I would say yes, but specifically he is a very good Silver Age comics writer where, yeah, you know, they, he, he's not doing anything fancy. He's not writing a Watchmen, but, you know, yeah. he would get that art from Kirby and then he would know exactly what kind of dialogue to add in to just give it that extra flair that would, you know, keep at the time, you know, and like interested in reading it. And like when you hear of people talking about being around them when they were in the creative process of these, some of these characters, like Stan Lee would give the weirdest fucking like, and I want to do a character that has fucking horns coming out of his head and he's got fucking fire shooting out his nose. And he's, and he's this, and he's this, and he's this, and it'd get weirder and bigger and bigger. And Jack Kirby, like by the end of it, he'd just go, okay. And he'd just make a scribble. And it was exactly what Stan Lee was thinking. And it's like, he could like, Stan Lee is, He's kind of like George Lucas in a way, where he's got these crazy great creative ideas, but if you let him go, he's just going to keep on going. Like, And Kirby was like the perfect balance to him. Yeah, and uh, I would, going off that print, I would say they knew how to cover each other because yes, you know, Stan, yes. you know, he was writing so much of the Marvel books at that time. He was, you know, doing the Marvel method sometimes where, you know, you hear stories where Sometimes he would give Jack Kirby what's basically just a full script, like you'd see today. Sometimes he'd give him like a more of a generic, okay, Jack, you know, in the opening scene, we'll have, you know, the Fantastic Four hanging, then Dr. Doom attacks. Sometimes it would just be like, this issue, the Fantastic Four will fight Dr. Doom, and that's it. And then Kirby has to, you know, come up with everything. And then just give it to Stan, and then Stan, you know, he would talk about this with Ditko a lot, especially... He'd be like, I don't even know what this story is supposed to be. Like, what is he even trying to tell here? But then, you know, you see the final issue, and Stan, he managed to make something out of it with the dialogue, from a dialogue perspective. Yep. Um, and yeah, they just, I mean, so many just iconic creations and characters. It is unreal. Yep. Probably we'll never see that top in terms of that. I, no, doubt no it. I highly not. doubt it. Like, I, I just and, can't see. And it. I mean, like, and I mean, like, what, uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but I read once um, in a lot of, in some of my research 
for this pod. Uh, John Romita once said that Stanley uh, saved comic books, which he did. You know, between him and Kirby and, you know, those guys, they, um, I mean, they did. They saved comic books. I mean, it was going to die. You had the comic code that was coming in there. And they were ending a lot of stuff. It's not even that they saved comic books; they just redefined the genre. Because, like at I mean, the yeah. time, it was a lot of pulpy books. It was a lot they of they ended books. the golden age of... and started the silver age. Yes, basically. yes, yeah. But like, which, which the, the only real the groundwork for my favorite, the Bronze Age. But, mm-hmm. but like the only real superhero books at the time that like Lee and Kirby literally built Marvel was like what you had justice society was around back then you had superman yeah. batman and wonder woman and that was basically it yeah and then well I, Cap there, was still kind of hanging around right captain america but that was more of a war yeah. comic instead of a superhero yeah. comic at and that I, time and i would so say they're the first to really dive of... go ahead i was just gonna say i feel like they're also the first two to really like especially you see this with like you know fantastic four mm-hmm. um they dive into like the emotion, like oh god, I'm blanking. What's the iconic thing issue? Um, this man, this monster, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, where you really dive oh. into Ben's psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're they're kind of some of the first to really do that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, um, they actually did character studies yeah. instead of just big flashy fucking. Hey, there's the bad guy. Let's go well, beat it up. Moments like. Well, that's which, why I which like they a, did lot do of, a lot of. But... Yeah, that's why I like a lot of early uh, Hulk. The ones that Stan Lee did, because um, it's it's very much the um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, you know, it, like what he's supposed to be. And I like a lot of those early comics, which you know can get corny at times. But I mean, that's kind of you know what I wish Hulk I like was. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that it's the same as I say about like B movies. Like I miss them because like every once in a while a healthy dose of cheese is absolutely fine. Yeah. Right? Like you um, need some of that campy, cheesy dorkiness that like it, it yeah. Not yeah. everything has to be grim, dark, and super serious. Like you can I know have most... fun. And a lot oh, of Kirby yeah. and Lee yeah, is no. fun. Like it's fun to look at. It's fun to read, even it... if it's not even if the characters that they created back then, like if you go to read like the the original fucking Spider Man's or like a Doctor Strange early episode issues, like the characters well, have changed so much, but it's still fun to look back at that. Like, yeah, this is what they thought. Like they they laid the foundation, and and I would argue rereading a lot of it, like it, they're just so fun to read. But there is like, you know, some emotional crux crux oh, yeah. in most issues, and like. They would do some like social commentary for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of them just they're kind of like kid shows in that they impart a good lesson onto you, sort of thing. Yeah, um, well, that's just it. It's moral based. Like it's not just yeah. oh, everyone's in the gray area. But like in Marvel, especially more than DC, everyone mm-hmm. was in the gray area. Like they were all tragic characters in their own yes. way. They all they all had like a twisted like, oh, well, this is how easily I could go evil if I buy into this emotion instead yeah. of. Right, oh, like... yeah, definitely. Um, then last thing I'll say is, you know, most people, you know, will cite, you know, Fantastic Four, uh, Avengers, and look, I-, I totally understand why. What possibly my second favorite behind Fantastic Four is their work on they have a, I it's gotta be close to a hundred issue run on Captain America, mm-hmm. because I- I've tried to read the Golden Age Captain America by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. and. I respect it more than I like it, if I'm being honest. But yep. man, 
uh, Stan and Jack, they basically just reboot him in the 60s, and mm-hmm. wow, it is so good in my opinion. Well, well, like I said, when they started the, the fucking Silver Age, that basically they took Captain America, who was an existing character, but they went from a war comic like Sergeant Rock and made him an actual superhero that we know today, and like... 90% of the stuff that they did to change him to a superhero still stands in yep. in the work now when they're not trying to shit like, all over the fucking yeah. Steve Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically, there would be no MCU without them. Like just full stop. Yeah. There would but be. You know what? I don't think there'd be the mainstream comic industry the way it is without them. Yeah. Like, probably not. Because they probably did. Not. They changed from Timely to Marvel, started with the superhero stuff, and then DC was like, well, I mean, we started it with JSA, so let's let's take our Detective Batman and, and make him a superhero, and let's take yep. our Justice Society, which was all pulpy fucking, like, one-shot stories, more or less, and let's make them a superhero team. And, like, oh, uh, yeah, a, totally. lot, a lot of those DC decisions to move into the superhero era was because of what Lee, Lee and Kirby were doing over at Marvel. Yep. And, I, I mean, mean, even, yeah. even um, like... Even even like a run that like nobody really likes, which is like their X Men run, like that early X Men run, a lot of I people love, kind of throw away. Um, I love but, how goofy their early X Men yeah, run was. It's it's so X-Men goofy, number, but like X Men number one. That. Yeah, go ahead. X Men number one has one of my all time favorite fucking moments, and it's when they're oh, all boy. on the fucking train. And they're yeah. all in their fucking X-Men uniforms. And, like, Scott looks at Gene and goes, look how they fear and hate us. And it's like, they fear you because you're wearing giant bright fucking spandex <laughs> costumes, you weirdos. Like, I love it. But, love but it. like, but like those guys, like, Lee and Kirby, like, they launched what became, like, one of the most iconic teams yeah. for, you know. For Even comments, when their work wasn't know? good, they could always lay a good foundation for someone else to build it. Mm. Well, that's just it. Yeah. Even if they laid a wet fart, there was always enough ideas and kernels of fucking threads that someone else could jump in on and carry for a 10 year run. Like, which I was going to say, which if, if we're, I don't know if we're going to still talk about Lee and Kirby, but that could be a nice segue into Brent's number one. Oh, yeah. Do yep. we do we do we want to talk about Lee and Kirby? No, no, I, 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 I think we yeah, I've said it. everything I've have to on them. All right, all right. So I think this little X Men talk is a nice segue to Brent's number one, which is yep. Claremont and Byrne. Yep, which Rob they did Liefeld lay the... and Jim... Rob <laughs> Liefeld and Jim Lee. No, <laughs> and Scott, and Scott Liddell. <laughs> Scott Liddell, yeah. <laughs> no, fucking Claremont and Byrne, huh? like. Claremont and Byrne, like, they're some of the first comics that I remember reading and actually getting hooked by, because my uncle had a big back fucking, he had a huge box of old comics from, like, the 70s right through, and just for some reason, I, the X-Men, the Claremont run hit me, and yeah, I I, I don't oh, know yeah. that they're the, literally the best on the list, like, if we're actually going, like, what they created, Lee and Kirby are probably better. If you go for like how they redefined the comic industry, Wolfman and Prez are probably better. But for me, Claremont and Byrne are just, they're the ones that hit me as oh, yeah. me and just hooked me into the entire fucking world of comics. So. No doubt. And shit, I think you could make a strong argument that they're the best ever. I mean, well, I mean, like I well, had they, them as, as like an honorable mention, but like they'd be like six or seven. It's more just like, yeah, I just happen to I'm, like the others a little more. And um, I was, I was yeah, very close to fantastic. having them. Yeah, I was very close to having them as my number one. I mean, obviously, you know, they're my number two. Um, 
their run on X-Men is fantastic. I, I don't even know if they, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know what, if there's like a word. Years. Yep, yep. And I don't even know if there's a word to describe it. Like, it's so great. It's yeah. so fantastical. And it's such so such longevity. If you're talking about longevity, like, that's it. Like, they went, like, I think it had to have been, like, 200 issues, 300 issues. Oh, it something like that. Yeah, and Claremont issues, but like Byrne was definitely not there for the whole ride. No, but yeah, and then if when he was there, uh, they were a great duo. Was yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and if and if the Long Halloween is my favorite Batman book, my favorite overall comic ever. Yeah, well, my favorite, well, I guess my favorite storyline then, or my favorite like book or whatever, is the Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix saga. I love the Dark Phoenix saga. Ever since I saw that when they made the cartoon from the 1990s show, because that's what I saw first. I didn't read the comic first. I saw that. And, and that that same. whole that whole and, cartoon is like largely based on the Claremont Burn run. Yep. Just yep. with the and, Jim Lee costumes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But like when I saw that, I was like, that's fantastic. And when I saw that it was a book and that there were more of it, I was like, what is going on here? So and even even that weird like um when when like the brotherhood or whatever like kidnaps Gene and like you know um or not the brother the brotherhood the um Hellfire Club uh, Hellfire Club um, when when, when Logan goes, Gene and and he, when and Logan she, like, ends up in the sewer like, wherever. yeah 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 that like, is the even shot all that where... weird shit. It's like it's like I love it. I just love all that weird shit. I don't even skip it. I'm like I, I got to read it all. Because well, that's just like, like yeah. the one the one scene like panel that fucking like stands out the most for me is when the three Hellfire goons are down in the sewer and Wolverine's up in the pipes and he's just like, "Use her fuck now." It's just that is that is what <laughs> everybody has based their Wolverine on is that one panel ever since. Yep. Yeah, I mean they, I mean they redefined <clears throat> the characters, created the other iconic characters. They created some of the best X Men. Um, like, and what philosophy. I love is. They're almost an inverse of Wolfman and Perez in that they did not like each other at yeah. all. Um, like is, you can go onto the John Byrne form, and one of my favorite stories ever from there is Byrne was talking about uh, Comic Con in like the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they screened some sci-fi film. They're all there, and after he turns to I think Jim Shooter, and he goes, "That was a good movie. I liked it, but now." I'm gonna have to stop uh, Chris from just turning that into an X Men plot for the next month or two. <laughs> and it's safe to say they were not sending each other, you know, Christmas cards every year. Um, I mean, Byrne left literally over a single line of dialogue related to Colossus yep. because he thought he should be able to get out a tree out of the ground easily. Claremont thought it should be like more of a struggle for him, and that that literally ended it. Yeah, which um, is such a weird, tiny fucking sticking point compared to like some of the arguments that some of these guys have had. Yeah, and stuck definitely like with. a you know, straw that broke the camel's back type situation. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah you know, they they were at constant heads with each other, but like it produced just such iconic stories. Um, mm. Yeah, and yeah, it really I, did. And yeah, you know, I think for Claremont, yeah, just any of his X Men Claris, like you could almost, you know, say like Dave Cockrum, maybe, you know. Oh, Cockrum was a, like that. a good fucking match. Um, but see, I think Cockrum actually. Oh yeah, Burn. He, I mean, he was more, just one of the greatest artists. He was more ever. limited in what he could do than Burn at times. Oh, yeah. 
but I think that Burns top ten ever. But I think that actually almost worked better because it kept balance on Claremont, so he couldn't just be like last minute be like, "Hey, can you do four new pages and do this instead?" Right? Oh yeah. Which I think I think is a lot of what actually led to that final blow up with fucking with Burn and Claremont, like because like Claremont had. He'd have a story written, and then like, like literally zero hour, he'd be like, "Hey, can you change four pages for me?" And like, yeah. Burn would be like, "Well, I'm kind of fucking busy with everything else, but sure, why not?" Yeah, um, and he'd do it, and he'd do it like a fucking master. So like, credit where it's due, he was he was good enough to be able to pull it off. But like, again, I think once you got Cockerman there, like that really did kind of balance out Claremont more because then he couldn't change things like halfway through. Yeah, and, and I mean, they also worked on some other stuff like that. I know they did some Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Claremont ever write Alpha Flight? Uh, or was I that think, just John Byrne? I think he did fill-in episodes once okay. in a while, like, but he was usually busy with the X-Men at that point, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just any time, anything they did was gold, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? It, wow, it really was short for them, huh? I thought it was at least 100 for them. But yeah, no, I guess they, they were only, only together like for like... 40. Yeah. 42? Wow. Wow. Was, Why did I think it was longer? Handle Maybe it's that burn, burn bright yeah. and then fizzled out. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like, you got to think, like, 42 issues of a comic book is still, I mean, what, al- al- almost four years. Like, not yeah. many teams stick together that long. So, like, yeah, it doesn't seem long in, the lo- in, in like, the overall, especially when you've got guys that have worked together for 30 years straight. But, like, it, it's like, a, I wish, you know, in a way we had, like, social media and, and more just, like, documenting of, like, Comic-Cons from the 70s. Because mm-hmm. I would love to see someone just get a video of them, you know, just fucking screaming at each other at a Comic-Con. I'm sure that happened a few times in front of fans. <laughs> Those two screaming that. at each other. Right, Jack yeah. Kirby fried uh, off his ass on acid. Just, oh, yeah, it would have been great family, times. You know, just... <laughs> Being the life of the party, like uh, drunk <laughs> off his ass, fucking walking around like he's Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and they um, did, they did. Uh, I didn't realize this, but they did a uh, uh, JLA. Yes, together. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm gonna have to yeah. find that one because I because uh, that was the that was like the the like early 2000s GLA, JLA, right? It, that was yeah. They I think they took yeah. over right after Morrison. Got to be one of like the last things they ever did. I would say, because yeah. uh, I think it's safe to say we will not see them work together again. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, no, that's a fair assessment. Yes, yeah. Then, uh, but but in a way, that just makes what they did do together while they hated each other that much more impressive. Because yeah, yeah it, it's their uh, you, don't, you don't have to be friends to create good work. I mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Stanley and Jack Kirby were kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, they would be at odds complete fucking ego clash but yes. when they were actually on the same page they made some great fucking pages <laughs> yeah then uh okay justin is your number one the only one that's left I'm not uh mistaken. yeah okay yeah Before that does anyone have any honorable mentions they want to just quickly so i've got just a few i want to mention i've so got I... okay go ahead Garrett. Oh. oh no i was i was just gonna mention because um these were these were kind of ones that so my other spider-man duo was Conway and Ramita um which I wanted to kind of put, but they didn't yeah but they they didn't go too long with each other and I think all they did was the Spider-Man run so I didn't really want to put them in the list just because I liked yeah, the other the, run better the um, variety and longevity wasn't there but the yeah, fucking creative yeah. was definitely yeah. oh yeah cuz that that's some of my favorite books like the Night Grand, when Stacy died and stuff mm-hmm. like that like uh, yeah, were they? It's, were, it's right up there. 
were they Craven's last hunt? Uh, I, I believe so. Think so? I think they yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah, I know it was Conway. I can't remember it, if it was Ramita. Um, I think I want to say that. it was because the art is very similar between Gwen yeah. Stacy and that. So, yeah, and then, um, and then another one which is gonna be is gonna be one for me, but it's um Higgins and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the artist from the Power Rangers books, um, you know when uh, they they did like I don't know like. 30 35 ish the first 35 ish issues together um for that mighty morphin power rangers book that you know boom did um that was fantastic um you know i really like what they did there but that once again that's all they did together so i didn't want to go and you know put of any of those other guys um and then another one which is kind of a because uh, I was going to put um, Chip uh, Zdansky and What's-His-Face from Sex Criminals, but that, I think that's all they did together, too. But um, another honorable mention would be um, uh, Tomasi and uh, Gleason okay, from yeah. that Super, Super Sons run. That was fantastic. And then they also did the Superman run, right? When and they, Batman and they Robin, together. right? And Batman and Robin, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so their runs... Yeah, their runs are some of the bright spots of Rebirth and New 52, which I can't say a lot of good things about, but they are some of the good yeah. things about it. But they were, yeah. They're again, one of those, if they keep working together, they could like be in my top 10 one day because they, they always yeah. knock out the party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and especially, what was that one issue? Um, I know you and I were like raving about it. It was that one issue of Superman that, um, oh, what the fuck? It was, um, I think it was when like uh, Clark, Lois, and John went to like DC or something on like a family trip. Yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. learn all about the history yes, of, oh, of like America and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, oh, that's, man, it was that's such a good issue. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. No, they're. I hope they keep working together. They're just a fantastic yeah. pair. And my only other, like, my honorable mentions is somehow I had to work in fucking Jeff John's JSA run. And uh, Cassidy with Joss Whedon on fucking Astonishing and with Lionel Francis Yu on uh, Wolverine Origins. Yes. Uh, the, the amazing fucking art that matched the stories that they were telling. But again, the longevity just wasn't there. But anytime Cassidy's on an X-Men book, worth looking at doesn't matter who he's paired with he's yeah. he's good yeah he's he's a good artist um my honorable mentions one that i thought maybe might appear on someone's list but didn't end up alan moore and dave gibbons mm. um i had considered them is you know obviously a lot of people consider the greatest <laughs> comic ever uh they wrote in in my opinion what might be the best issue ever of a comic superman annual 11 mm. um but for them it was like more not so much the quality wasn't an issue, but more quantity. Just yeah. uh, and they, they're kind of like Claremont and, and Burn, Burn, not, not to the just... same extent, but they they would definitely butt heads. But, but Alan Moore just... said Dave Gibbons is the only guy that could ever, in, in his opinion, like really, like you know, he he writes the most detailed scripts you've ever mm-hmm. seen. And Gibbons would just be like, okay, I'm gonna keep going until I get everything he says. Well, that's just it. Like um, Alan Moore writes pulp magazines, and then Gibbons is like, "Well, I guess I'll try and figure a way to draw this." Sure, like, and he makes it work. So, like, it, it's not an easy 
Alan Moore is not an easy guy to visualize what he's putting on the paper, but yeah, yeah. that's that Gibbons balances him out perfectly. Yeah, they were then, they uh, were on like yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, they wrote. I mean, you know, a lot of people consider their their best work to be the best comic ever written, so they must have been doing something right, you know. <laughs> um, my one other mention, John Ostrander, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Ostrander, yeah. Ostrander mm-hmm. and Jan Deresma for their work Suicide on Star Squad? Wars. Oh. No, no, no. I don't think they did Suicide Squad. Their work no, on uh, Star Wars is what I, I would uh, say possibly even more than the movies made me. Who was it? Ostrander and who? Jan Deresma. Deresma. I mean, gotcha. his mapping of the Clone Wars is what made me fall in love with Star Wars as a kid. And she is by far not even a a close second, the best Star Wars artist who's ever lived. Yeah, she's done um, some pretty good. And they, they actually last year put out this cool sci-fi comic, um, basically like a like a single volume's worth. That I hope gets a sequel. Um, and yeah, their Star Wars work almost enough to get in my top five, but just outside. Um, their comics as a kid were like that was pri- possibly the first creative team where I like noticed. Okay, when that guy's the artist. And she's or when that guy's the writer and she's the artist, like you're gonna get something good. And you're Star Wars, you're, quality, you're, yeah. you're in for a treat. Yeah. Um. I mean, Star Wars Legacy, Star Wars Republic. I mean, so many iconic things. I wish Disney would just freaking hire them and let them do whatever they wanted. Did the they do? Universe. Were they the original ones for the fucking old Republic? The what was the storyline? The one where the fucking the Jedi Padawans end up being turned on by their masters and they gotta figure it all out. Was that them? Uh, the old Republic comics were typically John Jackson Miller. They okay, did yes. they did the Republic and Legacy. That's like the t- the two big ones they're known for. Yeah, Legacy was great. Yeah, I mean Legacy is. I mean that's probably my favorite Star Wars comic. Um, yeah. Personally, um, and Republic would be my second favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Like his mapping of the Clone Wars enhances the prequels so much it's unreal. Yeah. Um, Which and, again, uh, like ideas from Lucas that never ever got flushed out yeah. that gave other uh, They people... created Quinlan Voss, who's one of the best yes. Star Wars characters ever. Yeah. And Lucas liked him so much he threw him in, in a background scene in episode one. Yep. He's just sitting at a table fucking yeah. watching everything go down and it's like this is one of the most important moments in history. You have visions of the future. You think you might want to get involved here, yeah. Quinlan? I know he's like, like Lucas, no, no yeah. blue milk. Like Fuck Lucas you. when creating the prequels uh used a lot of Jan Deresmus like designs and stuff. Yep. Um Character designs and yeah, they're all great. Then the final one, this was kind of like an interesting choice. I feel like the most out of the box one I had, Frank Miller and uh, Klaus Jansen. Mm-hmm. I mean that you know Miller was technically the artist, but I mean you know Jansen's inks are really what brought his pencils to life. Um, mm-hmm. You know their stuff mm-hmm. on Daredevil and uh, and Batman is just you know iconic. You know I would say the best Daredevil. A lot of people would say the best uh, Batman. And yeah, that's my final honorable mention. His early runs on Batman were the best. His newer stuff, not uh, so much so. Oh, yeah. Less said about that, the better. Fuck you, 12 so, year old. Eat rats. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, so now, yeah. So now I think we're gotten to my number one. Your number one, which, yes. Yes, which you guys have also had. And I think, Brendan, did you have your these guys on your list too? They were literally number six, but... All right. Yeah. Uh, Denny and Neil. 
Yeah, Danny yeah. O'Neill and Neil Adams, which fun fact about Neil Adams uh, Facebook page. Now it's somebody hacked it or whatever. And now it's like a page where like, it's like a bunch of like naked, like, like, uh, like porno chicks or whatever that are on there. Cause I, I see it in the stories now and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Neil Adams fan page. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, th- they are the, they are my Batman. Um, mm. you guys know my love for Batman, the animated series, which we never really ended up getting to that pod. Um, but that's that's celebrating its 30th anniversary this year um that is my batman and because of like they took most of the stories for the animated series and they took a lot of inspiration for the keaton movies from that run with them between batman and detective comics which honestly i love detective comics more than their stuff on batman um, I don't know why it was so different. I guess they really took that difference to heart. But um, yeah, they, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, every story they did together, which honestly, I just looked back at it and it really wasn't all that long, which and again, for some reason, I thought it was a lot longer than it was. Um, but Bronze Age Batman and between what denny and neil did and then when uh jerry conway jumped on i mean i know i'm mentioning jerry conway a lot but he's also there as a guy that did a lot of stuff that i love um you know it's it's just so iconic what they did with batman they changed him they changed him from you know the goofy adam west you know jumping the shark you know stuff like that and they they made him the dark knight they made him batman and uh you know when i think of batman i think of denny o'neill and i think of neil adams and i think of what they did because when i saw batman the animated series that's what made me fall in love with batman and that's why he's my favorite comic book character uh spider-man is a very close second and when i found out that it was based on this series and i just go back and i read these guys all the time you know yeah um yeah, I mean, like you said, they just redefined Batman. I mean, they brought him back mm-hmm. to the more golden age kind of darker tone, but like, you know, mm-hmm. just revamped it for the modern age. Yep. Um, yeah, I they mean, definitely their did. reintroduction of the Joker, and I believe it's Batman, uh, what, 250, 251, with you know, the yeah. iconic yep. uh, card cover is mm-hmm. you know, just one of the best, like, character rebirths uh, ever in a comic. And you can't forget yeah. Laughing um, Fish, stuff like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, Joker's favorite. If you want a iconic run, a character defining run on a character, like they're the guys to call it because I mean, they're mm. Green Arrow and Green Lantern. Oh, you could also yep, argue that was yep. their character. It's those characters' yep. respective, you know, best ever works. And yeah, like and they, then, they, they like yeah. you take a character like Green Lantern, who's always in this cosmic weirdness, and you yeah. take him and you ground him so mm. fucking down to earth with fucking Ollie and the fucking the little fucking yes. Guardian of Oa, like. They managed to actually like just they yes. stripped away all of the bullshit and they were like, here's two characters that have completely different points of view but still get along anyway. And it's like, uh, it, there are more of that in comics and then the regular oh, yeah. fucking world, please. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, like, you know, you'd have, you know, Green Arrow calling, you know, Hal a fascist while <laughs> Hal's calling Ollie a, a hippie freak. I mean, yep. Um, and uh, they did they did they both create. Uh, John Stewart, or was it just Neil? Um, uh, I, I don't I'm know. Not sure on. 
I know Neil Adams yeah. was like, we're not coloring him poop brown. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and he and and John Stewart, mostly because of the animated show. But when I went back and I read some of the stories too, um, John uh, John Stewart is my favorite Lantern, and Adam Adam uh, Neil Adams is the reason why. I mean, you know, he created him. You yeah. know, then they uh, took Denny him O'Neill and, co-created and Bruce Tim. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and Bruce Tim. You know, and those guys they ran with it with him, and you know, I just love the story of John Stewart, and then I love. Um, the back and forth between Hal and um, Ollie and all of those, the you know, the hard, hard hitting heroes or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, the story, because uh, they also wrote the one with um, uh, with Roy, right? Yes. Yeah, with, the heroin yeah, addiction. Yeah. Yes. Which was yeah, actually I mean, like. Iconic uh, cover. And yep. my partner's a junkie or my ward is mm. a junkie. Yeah. And like. A lot of times, like, they were the most basic, like, don't do drugs, kids, messages. And, like, right. this one actually had repercussions that lasted, what, 15, 20 years in the books? Yeah. Like, and I think, oh, yeah. and I think that one got them in major trouble with the comics code because the comics code was still there. And well, that they, was their way of trying to break it. And I think that, that got them into a lot whole, of trouble. The whole yeah. comics code was revamped after that because they were like, yeah. okay. We don't like the subject matter, but you're telling it in a very like down to earth and reasonable way. So yeah. like they literally had to be like, okay, reevaluate our code here, because yeah, we mm -hmm. can't throw stories like this away yeah. if people are gonna take the time and effort to do it well. Like, I mean, that one uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern issue where the I can't remember what character is a one of the black characters calls out Hal Jordan for basically being kind of racist. Like it's mm -hmm. such an iconic. Oh moment. yeah. I think, I think it was, um, I think, wasn't it John Stewart? I don't, was it? I don't think uh, I thought, I don't I thought know. someone else, but I can't remember. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, their Batman run, you know, it was like the perfect blend of, you know, Neil Adams. He wasn't silver age art style. His art style was more serious. You know, the men looked very, mm -hmm. you know, like that stern faced and Denny O'Neill. I mean, wasn't he literally a cop or like a crime reporter? Like before he got into comics, he uh, definitely yeah, he worked. A, in... He was a crime, yeah. He was a crime reporter. He wasn't uh, a cop. Yeah. But he he okay. definitely worked with the cops, though. Yeah, because I know he would like you know sometimes try to throw that stuff in there, and it, it made it feel just more real. Um, when like, it came to, like that crime that, stuff. That almost makes me wonder if characters like Ben Urich were made to be like a Neil or a Denny O'Neill stand-in. I wouldn't be surprised. It would not shock um, me any. That's the kind of homages they used to throw in without yeah. telling anybody back before, like Wizard Magazine told you everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or in, yeah, they created, you know, Roz and Talia. Yep. Um and yeah. Man Bat. Um, Man Bat was yeah. one. Uh oh shit. I, I was just reading it too, which both of these guys have passed away as well. So, you know, that was a that was a hard loss to uh uh Neil like, Adams passing was a huge loss for the comic industry because he did like in his older years like when he stopped doing actual art he ended up doing a lot for fighting for like oh yeah the, the artists rights. and the writers be able to like keep yep. their works he, and sell them on he the was instead. dragging jerry siegel and joe schuster to the dc offices in the 90s fighting yes. them to you know, be get royalties superman and i think he was a big he part finger he was a big yep. part in finger getting the credit that he deserved yep like a big part, so yeah, like yeah, big part of them uh, making sure artists, you know, get the artwork actually returned to them. When yep, they and it. 
that way if they want to sell it at a con they're allowed to like it's yes. it's so not just like going to be can buy it <laughs> it's not just going to be thrown in a desk at the dc office and forgotten about which is or use this you know a fucking doormat yeah like yeah no neil adams did a lot for like the creatives in the oh, industry yeah. in the behind the scenes stuff like he was actually yes. a stand-up fucking dude oh, yeah. neil adams deserves yeah and like i said like that work in the era of black exploitation, when everybody was adding a black character, but they were all drawn with the same afro and the same fucking like poop brown yeah. skin, like he fought hard for fucking John Stewart not to be that. He he had to relent and give him an afro. But besides that, like he actually did like a different color palette on him, so it didn't just look like smudgy, muddy brown. Like he yeah, actually not like had the stereotype look that. Yeah, he actually had a regular person's skin tone, like a regular black person skin tone you know what i mean like it wasn't yeah. yeah like he did a lot of like actual social justice fighting and not this fucking modern fucking woke bullshit like yeah he, he literally put his fucking money where his mouth was and like he, he doesn't get enough credit for that stuff that he did nope yeah i mean you know these guys i mean i don't once again i think same thing for um burn and uh um claremont like i don't know what the words are for what they did but um yeah i mean you know like like i said you know and maybe i was a little too crazy with what i was saying earlier but you know i mean that they are they are what got me into batman and um you know i will be forever thankful for what they did to that character because you know batman kind of uh shapes my moral compass i guess between him and spider-man so well if you're yeah. basing your morality off of those two guys you're in pretty good hands because they both yeah. seem like they were actually stand-up guys like yeah yeah they didn't and have he... the they didn't have the egos that they rightfully should have because they did do well, quite a lot for fucking... i mean mm. yeah i was gonna say neil Adams definitely had an ego but like but in... he didn't let you know affect his work i guess you could say yeah and he never let it like affect the way he interacted with his fans like he never looked down on anybody he was always like well i wouldn't be here without you and the industry wouldn't be here without you so like he gave props where it was due and like that yeah he was fair he was a very fair man by the sound of things like yeah yeah i got to meet neil Adams. it was interesting <laughs> talking to him um sadly never got to meet denny o'neill um, mm-hmm. i wish i had yeah um, unfortunately i um i almost had the chance to see uh neil adams um, he had a big giant section in uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, and um, you know all of his, uh, you know he was he was gone basically. He was taking some sort of break when I went onto the floor, and I was like, ah. you know, and then I was like, oh well, maybe next time. But you know, unfortunately, next time never happened. Yeah, there never and, was a uh, next time. Yeah, and um, you know, but but yeah, you know what what they did. Um, you know, basically what, you know, Conway, I, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to talk about Conway too, because he, he wrote a lot of the stuff in Batman and in um, Spider-Man that also shaped a lot of what I like and, and a lot of my moral compass and stuff. And I mean, between what Ramita, Lee, uh, Conway, Neil, Denny, you know, what all of those guys did, I mean, you know... It was fantastic, and it and it makes you wonder why, um, you know, comics don't really get the respect they deserve. You know, these guys are writing stuff that if it was in a book, um, you know, 
it would be flying off the shelves. You would have people talking about it in classes for years. You know, it would be like Billy Shakespeare. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. you would be you would be teaching classes about what these guys wrote, but because like, it's in the funny books, you know what I mean? It gets overwritten. It, it, yes, and especially with guys like O'Neill and Adams, or like Claremont and Byrne, or Wolfman and Perez, like they literally changed the industry because instead of it just being like like you say the funny books like oh it's just a media for kids like no these guys actually got like actual eyes on it and like awards for comic book writing yeah, started I, to become more prevalent when like these adults guys can in. enjoy this just as much as kids well that's just it you can write a story that'll appeal to everybody and that's what i think every one of the, the guys that the duos that we listed tonight like they did that well like they they were they transcended just like it wasn't just for kids or it wasn't just a dark story for adults like alan moore used to do like everybody could read it and take something different from it like there was a variety of a, like there was a variety of points of view from them that like you could appeal to five-year-olds and fucking 45-year-olds like definitely definitely like th that's and that's a skill that like how many writers, like actual book writers today, can say that they appeal to everybody? There ain't too fucking yeah, many. I right? mean, yeah, I mean they were special. I mean, who? I mean, you know, their Batman. It's been what, probably thirty, forty years. Yeah, it's been a long and time. A lot now. of people would still argue no one's done it better. No, I mean you. Yeah. You get the you get the Snyder people. You know what I mean? Well, like, uh, yeah, but, but the Snyder. I, I feel like on the whole, like people who have read like you know, yeah, mostly everything. I feel like most of them will go with those two still yeah. well that's just yeah. it like the, the snyder batman is based more on the frank miller bat god and like that's not as good of a Which, character I mean, yeah if you're into that kind of batman i can see why you know Which, like yeah there, there's a place and there's a niche market for it but like batman in the universe is the detective and like that is what they did beyond anybody else for batman was like okay let's get away from the silly adam west show and like actually have batman be a more serious detective type character and like yes they got into some of the like the ninja and the assassin background and all that shit like they flushed out bruce wayne as a character mm -hmm. along with the batman but like their batman run is iconic just because like they did the best mix of like action detective and dual identity like and even supernatural when you get into uh race you know what I mean? Like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. Not, apparently it's not Roz. It's official. It's Raish. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know about that. I know. that that's I, just. I, I'm still going to call it Roz. It's whatever. It's regional you know? dialect. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it's very iconic. And I mean, you know, I, and even, I mean, like I said, sometimes it gets a little, it gets a little sticky there because then Conway jumps in for a little while. And I think they went, I think towards the end, because their run together on Batman wasn't very long, just like um, Burns and Claremont wasn't very long. You know, I think it was maybe, maybe 50 to 60 issues, maybe not even that. Um, I mean, that's pretty long, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like I said, sometimes it gets a little confused because I think I think Conway jumps in a little bit there. Okay. And um, I think like right in the middle there, I think he does a couple of books and then um, then he came back. And then I think then I think he does like a run with I don't know if he does a run with Neil or if he does a run with somebody else, like at the end of like the 70s uh, into the 80s, something like that. But um, but yeah. 
I mean, you know, I, I think I think I've said all I'm, I can say, you know, about it without sounding cliche or sounding like weird about it. But like, yeah, I mean, I I think I think I like them more than you know, whatever. But it's like you know, it, and it's not even like it's not even like a particular like story. You know, it's it's just their whole run in general is just great. You know what I mean? Like I can't. Pay pick out one over the other because then it's like oh well this one does this and that one does that like i could pick out the the two-parter with race but then you know then you have the laughing fish and then you have you know some of these other ones you know and it's just like you know they just bring so much character to that guy and it really sets up what who bruce wayne is and who Batman is, and yeah, so yes, they they really define both identities for that character, Mm -hmm. and like they understood the role of a Robin better than I'm gonna say anybody since. Oh yeah, like just like no, Batman can go grim and dark and easily turn into a Punisher if he doesn't have that counterbalance, and that's what the Robin is for, and that's the like I said, they understood that better than anybody. And you could even say that about the sidekick in fucking Green, fucking Green Lantern, Green Arrow, when they they did the whole Roy story. Like they understood the point of a sidekick better than what a lot of people do. Were they together for Jason Todd? I can't Uh, remember if that's too late for them. That's after them. I'm pretty sure. I think they might have been the ones who introduced him as the kid stealing the hubcaps, but then I think it was the next creative team that actually made him a character and killed him off and all that shit. All right, that's that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought I thought they introduced him as the kid stealing the hubcaps. I I think they might have, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little fuzzy because I think I think Denny O'Neill stays on way longer than Neil Adams does. Oh yeah, way longer. And and then they're, but then they both come back, but then they come back separately. So yeah, it's a little it's a little weird to try to figure out where exactly, off the top of my head, where they all mushed up. But yeah, uh, yeah. fun ra- random point of trivia: uh, Denny O'Neill actually drew most of the look of the Transformers. Really? Oh. Yep. He he did all the like concept art to go from the toy to what would end up in the comic and then somebody else wrote the fucking like character bios and back it was Bob Budiansky. But yeah, he did most of the character bios. But yeah, it was it was O'Neill that did the actual like first drawings of like here's what it would look like in a comic book. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Fun trivia. But yeah, okay, so is everybody still there? Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh so yeah, I think final numbers. I think this is- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's uh who uh Brent, you were keeping score at home, uh, right? Keeping numbers. All right. So uh number three, we've got O'Neill and Adams with seven points. The way we're we're working it, yeah, like the f- number five pick is worth one star, the number one pick is worth five stars, and you can right. figure it from in between. So right? on, so on. Yeah. So we got O'Neill and Adams with seven. We've got Lee and Kirby in number two with eight, and we got a tie for first between Claremont and Brian and Wolfman Perez with nine. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Which again, you cannot go wrong with any of those pairs. So and how, yeah. how many? How many of us had like? Because uh, I was kind of keeping track, but it seemed like what we had maybe like all together, like what four in common? I guess uh, all yeah. of us. We we all had. I think no, the only one we all had in common, I'm pretty sure, was 
uh, Marv and George, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you didn't have O'Neill and Adams. You had them as near number six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the only one we had in common was... Uh, wait, which one was the only one in common? Wolfman Wolf Perez. Perez. Wolfman and Perez, okay. And yeah. then me and Brent had quite a few together, I think, right? Because we had yeah, Loeb, well, Loeb and Sale, uh, Denny and, uh, Denny and uh, uh, Neil were on your list, too. Right? Yep. Yeah, so, and then Claremont. Perez. And, uh, yeah. Wow. And, you, yeah, I, I was uh, not expecting you and me to have, like, the most in common. Uh, well, no, because yeah. me, me and Brendan had quite a few, too. We both had Lee yeah. and Kirby. We both had okay. Wolfman and Perez at the same number. Uh, uh, we also had, yeah, Claremont, Brian, Byrne, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Then, uh, I guess one thing I, I, a final question, I guess, are there any current, like, creative duos working in comics that you're like, damn, I really like when those two do it together? Yeah. Like I said, anybody that matches up with fucking Cassidy seems to do a good job, especially if it's an X-Men title. Yeah, um, um, for me, the one that sticks out, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. Mm. Um, they mostly do independent stuff since Lemire's kind of moved away from superhero. Um, since he's kind of famous, but, uh, like um, the, yeah, they they are just fantastic anytime. But they work the, that that kind of ties back into like the long form discussions we've been doing lately, like wokeness and just terrible writing. Like a lot of like actual good writers don't want to be anywhere near the mainstream stuff because they're so oh. handcuffed into doing the stupid shit that they don't that that is creatively bankrupt partially so like, it's had a great thing on this it's like it's different today because today unlike before you can make more money doing independent like mm-hmm. uh he, he said best he's like before you did independent comics to get the gig writing batman Mm-hmm. Now you want to be writing Batman so you can build up your fan base. Build up your name your so you can do your own creative thing. stuff yes. where you get to keep, you know, 90% of the money. And so I mean, it, you, you got to think, like, that almost kind of sort of started back in the 90s with, like, Image and Top Cow yeah. and all those fucking, like, those side okay, branch independents. Like, like, what'd you say? I said I didn't realize I was still muted. Oh. <laughs> I, I was saying I was saying that was crazy what Brent, uh, Brendan just said about the um about how like now you do now you do the big stuff you know yeah. that's one small. of the reasons why I think DC and Marvel were just like you know they, look there'll always be some good comics coming out from both of them mm-hmm. but I just I have a hard time seeing it ever being what it was because like uh, you just look at all the you know if you were to name the top 10 best comic creators working today Almost none of them are in DC or Marvel. Or none of them are in what used to be either. the big two, no. Yeah, because, like, you know, they've got their own stories they want to tell, and they can make a shit ton of money doing it. So Well, that's just it. Like, even if they had could... full creative control of, say, Batman, why would they do that when they can make more money doing their own story? But it's not even just a matter of creative control anymore. It's it's the brand licensing. Like, if you create yeah. a character for yourself, you can make all of the movie money if it becomes a movie. If you like create it for Marvel yeah. or DC, you get nothing. Like they, like, they like really... I know uh the, the guys I just mentioned, Jeff Lemire, Dustin Nguyen, you know, obviously <laughs> both, you know, made their names in DC. Dustin Nguyen, he's he still does a lot of DC work, covers mostly. 
Um, their most famous work, Descender, which is an indie comic published by Image, I know they sold the rights to a uh, Sony, and I'm assuming they must have gotten some nice money for it. You would think. Well, um, you, you would. And on top of that, you know, the comic sold. I think what like, I think it sold like thirty thousand an issue. Which you know, think about it this way: thirty thousand an issue. The comics three bucks, but unlike with DC or Marvel, they're not taking any of the money. You know, Lemire and Dustin get to keep all of it. So you know, thirty thousand mm-hmm. times three per issue. You know, they're making a pretty penny each year. You know, yeah, I mean, they put out twelve. And issues. I mean, and there is fees like your distribution fees. And yeah, your, yeah. Your your cost for your fucking paper and all that shit like that yeah, does yeah. get factored in. But yeah, the the artists, the creators do get a bigger cut when they do their own thing. And I mean, when like yeah, you've got things like Invincible or Kick Ass or fucking oh. Evil Walking Dead. Like they when you see how much money some of those creators are making for doing their own independent thing and selling the license themselves instead of just yeah. being like here's my creative fucking juices poured into Marvel and I don't get a fucking royalty for it because it's already in one of their books. Like, you can see why it appeals to a lot of those guys, like guys and girls. Yeah, like I know uh, Ed Brubaker, you know, his criminal stuff. Mm-hmm. Originally, some of those stories were featured in a, I'm forgetting what it's called, the Marvel crime comic from back in the early 2000s. And then mm-hmm. once you went into... Oh, uh, like, oh, yeah, it was, uh, was it Marvel Black or something? Or something like something- that. It wasn't Marvel in the or, but it was like, I don't know. What, uh, yeah, I know uh, what it whatever is. It was just called, it. Yeah, you know, he, he's, he's got to be figuring, well, shit, if I just, you know, take this independent, I own the rights and get more money writing it. Why would I not do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I, can get rich. Yeah. And then like really like over the last, like pretty much since like COVID, um, I really haven't read too, too many comics just because everything with DC and Marvel has kind of disgusted me. So it's kind of thrown me off to all comics. Well, that's just, um, it's become, it's become more agenda written instead of character written. And they're throwing yeah. away all of the classic stuff we were talking about tonight in order to be yeah. like, oh no. So now we have a fucking Superman son, but he's gay. And it's like, nobody reads that. Like just. Yeah. Yeah, for me these days, if I if, if I hear it's good, I'll check it out. And also, I I really like you know Japanese comics, the manga. I think those guys are just telling such creative stories. Oh yeah, you've been um, yeah you've been that, talking about that a lot. That keeps me entertained. Like uh, yeah. But you, again, like if you're looking for a market that is completely untouched by this fucking social justice wokeness, go Asian because they don't play into that mm-hmm. at all. Not even a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, and those guys, nope. they they. They sell a lot of comics. Compared oh to yeah. <laughs> even, oh yeah. Even when even when the American comic book industry was good, they were still out selling. Mm-hmm. Well, you think like how many like big name Marvel or DC titles did they lease out to Asia to do a manga for? Yeah. Well. Right. It's, it's not even those ones. That's I mean, One Piece is the greatest selling comic book of all time. Period. Oh yeah, and and like, like the original. Uh, the original, the independent, I guess, technically stuff, like Dragon Ball, like that stuff has sold for years, but like yeah. it, it sold so, like manga was selling so well through the mid-90s, late 90s, early 2000s that like And that, now it's really A, like, a lot of the big popular. two were like, hey, lease out whatever fucking our big titles are to this company so they can do a manga on their own and we can cash in on that market because it's yeah. just so fucking big, right? I mean, I've always said Marvel should just pay, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with One Punch Man, Mm-hmm. Yusuke Murata, yeah. who is the artist for it, they should mm-hmm. just pay him a shit ton of money to draw. So you know, pair him up with a, one of the good writers left at Marvel, 
have him go at it. I'm sure that comic would sell a lot of copies mm-hmm. and be very well received, I'd imagine. Well, yeah, One Punch Man is such a weird premise, but like it works because the 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 writer knows how like, to I don't write. know if you guys have ever seen the art trick, but it is in fucking credible. Mm-hmm. Like it's better than ninety percent of stuff you'll see in American comics. <laughs> and and like, yeah, like I've seen a couple of the like animes for One Punch Man and like the comic book art blows it out of the fucking water. Like yeah. it's it's Murata a pretty is, like one of the best artists working today. It's incredible yeah. what he does. Um but uh right. yeah. All right. Yeah, I think uh I think uh, that kind of uh, wraps it up on this. Oh yeah. I thought it was a pretty yeah. good idea and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you know our group kind of you know the origin is in most like yes movies but like yeah, like you know even below that like comics to a degree and you know well that's just a, like a, comics we're there's a bit of an age gap between the oldest and the youngest but we, we all grew up in that transition <laughs> period where like yes you could buy comics or watch cartoons or see movies or like there was options for it. So like, if you didn't like one version of what was going on, you still had three others you could fucking probably get into. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you didn't like the Zack Snyder movies, you could still go back and watch the justice league cartoon. If you didn't mm-hmm. like what that was doing, you had 40 years worth of comics that you could go for a backlog for Like, I mean, you still do. I mean, you know, you can, I mean, you can go, I mean, you know, I still watch Batman the animated series all the time. You know what I mean? And X Men the animated series. You know, but like I go back, and, and and that's the thing. Like back then, they actually tried to appeal to different audiences in the different mediums. Now it's like, no, this is what we're writing now, so this has to be across the board. And like, yeah, if you don't like what they're doing in the movies, you can't just jump into the comics because they're doing the same stupid shit there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right. Is that it? I'm yeah. I'm, I'm done. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I I just didn't want to cut Brent off because you know I I like these conversations, but I just wasn't sure if we were. All right. Yeah. So I guess no, we're I done. Think, I, I think this was a pretty good uh, end ramble. It stayed pretty on point. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good pod. Um yeah. I'm not gonna do any of the after things because you know. I don't know no need, when really. we're gonna put this. Yeah, on. yeah. John, John yeah. just got back, so we're still kind of yeah, ironing out what. Still the... figuring things out. Oh, oh. Oh, I, Brent. oh, I think we lost. Oh, there we go. There it is. I hit the wrong. I'm sorry. I I thought you wanted us to end it. I didn't know you wanted us to end it that quickly. <laughs> well, most of the time I can't find the hang up button. This time I'm like <laughs> early. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so uh you know this was a great pod i like the idea um we had some good picks there a nice good discussion i mean and... I'm, unfortunately i think out of the three of us i probably have the less comic book knowledge um, uh, you still had spot, good picks I know. but it's still it's still a lot more than a lot of people so you had some pretty good picks that. in there like yeah yeah i mean it's like you know uh, there's things you know more about, like you you definitely could, you know, cite the ne- O'Neill Adams Batman better than I can. I can probably cite Titans <laughs> better than most, you know. Yeah, it's everyone's, you know, they they, you know, they know what they know, you know, they yep. don't know what they don't know. <laughs> yep. And I mean, like, it, if we do more of these like rankings, like 
if you had John's list in there, like I'm sure he would have had two or three that like none of us picked. And Josh he probably would have probably would have had like a ton. Yeah, I, f- I forgot Josh's list. I think he sent us one like uh, I a think week he said ago, he was gonna, but never uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then I think John's would be like just like a lot of Marvel because he's a big picks. he's a big Marvel guy. But I mean that's yeah. the thing like we've all got such different interests that like yeah yeah the more t- the more we do this the more we iron out the idea like if we keep the ranking system and we do just a ranking pod like even once a month on different subjects like we'll we'll have some pretty interesting lists overall. Mm. I don't yeah. think I don't think Milos and Boris are big into comics, but I would really like. If they read some of this stuff and had their opinion on it, just because it's somebody I know Milos of, like, he, he reads some Japanese comics manga. Like yeah. I know he's read, you know, Dragon Ball, for example. That was, yeah. Um, and but yeah, it, I definitely want to like review some just like this fuck. was super fun, but like just like reviewing the comics. Like I know Justin, you're a reread Thrill Killer. Then you, me, and Josh, Brent, if you want to, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I got a. Okay. I, I didn't get a chance to find it today. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna find it and uh, I'll reread it. I think it's in one of my bins, so I'll uh, I'll get on that. So yeah, but like I say, like I like this idea for like a side branch of the pod. Like I think yeah, it's always fun to talk about comics and and yeah. not just comics, but like we could do like a different genre of movie and like everyone come with their top five and kind of rank it out the same way and. I think I think yeah. we could, I think we could do something with this and have some fun with it. Like, yeah, r- rankings are a good way to like just on up against like what people like, maybe don't like, yep. etc. And it's a it's a good easy pod. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone comes with their own idea. You kind of just talk it out and see where it goes. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's going to end it. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Stick around. We'll do more stuff sometime. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Sometime in the future. <laughs> All right, boys. All right, later. Peace. Peace.